Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And I have to tell you, I totally geeked out on this guest. (laughs) This is one of those things that many people are afraid of, many people are unaware of, many people think, it doesn't really matter, but I, I love it. I love this discussion. We're going to be talking about privacy, how it pertains to you, how it pertains to your business, all sorts of things. And so please join me in welcoming Dr. Leslie Gruse to our program today. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here today. You know, like I said, I'm going to geek out on this. Um, one of my favorite shows that we watched recently um, that we you know, kind of been watched was The Americans. Oh, wonderful. Oh, I know. And, and of course, the geek in me that is of a certain age was really thinking how much of this was true. And I'm guessing a good portion of it really was pretty true, um, which then that kind of really freaks out. So for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, check it out. It's really fun. Um, but before we get started, let me tell people just a little bit about you, and then we will dive into this because we're, yeah, we're going to have more than, than we can talk about in this hour. I can just guarantee that part already. So Dr. Leslie Gruse is the author of Privacy, Past, Present, and Future, a book every American should read. She worked for the National Security Agency, the NSA, for 30 years. As an insider, Leslie contributed to the debate on alleged privacy abuses and their prevention. She also advised on how to preserve national security while protecting the privacy rights of citizens. Her last two assignments were at U.S. Cyber Command and the National Intelligence Council. Leslie's interests are privacy, and mentoring K-12 science, technology, engineering, and math, which is STEM, students. So again, Leslie, welcome. Thank you very much for having me on your show today. You know, this really is going to be so much fun. And I want to hold up your book um, because, it's again, it's, it's very cool. It's called Privacy, Past, Present, and Future. And it's kind of a deep, heavy read. But again, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was very interesting. Um, but one of the things that, that you talk about is, you know, how far back privacy issues go. Start a time, right? <laughs> um, but let's, let's kind of, you know, before we, we really delve into this, you're a mathematician by degree, um, but you got into privacy. How is it that, that you came to, to where you are now? So that's kind of an interesting story, and so I'll give you a little more detail, which you actually probably got already from the introduction Mm -hmm. or the uh, preface, Mm -hmm. right? So I grew up in Washington, D.C., and my parents, for a while, both of them were staffers, so Mm -hmm. I grew up on Capitol Hill. Okay. So I was raised an American patriot, Mm -hmm. right? I remember. We were that generation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember going to an inauguration oh, wow. um, when we actually paraded missiles mm-hmm. down Constitution. Right. Mm-hmm. right? We used to do things like that. I'm sure it was to, to let those Ruskies know. We yeah. Oh, yeah. We had to show them. That was, that was the Cold War. Right. So I've always been a patriot. Mm-hmm. So when we got to the era of the 1970s, it was a very troubling time for all of us. Mm-hmm. And as a teenager, it was very confusing to me, right? How can you be a patriot and love this country so Mm -hmm. much when you're seeing so much unrest and Mm -hmm. so much unhappiness? Right. Right? We had been through the 60s, -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We had been through the riots in Washington, Mm D.C., right? I didn't really understand all the legal stuff that was going on, right? right? But it was the civil rights era, Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we get to President Nixon, Mm -hmm. and then we get to all the Bush Commission hearings Mm -hmm. and all that. 
So I had this long history, long standing interest in all this stuff, mm-hmm. even before I went to work for NSA as a mathematician. And while I was at NSA, I actually did a lot of work studying and advising on communication systems. Mm-hmm. Um, that eventually exploded in the 1990s with right. the right? The mm-hmm. world changed on us again. Mm-hmm. It changed on all that of us. dang internet got invented. Right? I can remember having cell phones that were far less reliable than those mm-hmm. today. And about yo big, right? <laughs> I can remember driving down the street, trying to get some information on a friend who was deathly ill and having the phone drop out mm-hmm. and being sorely tempted to throw the, the, the phone out the window right. because I was going to be there before I straightened all my technology problems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I grew up with this. Mm-hmm. I worked in this. I lived in this. I also was called upon as a person with a technical background mm-hmm. to give advice to the non-technical people at NSA mm-hmm. on what the capabilities of the technology were mm-hmm. or could be, mm-hmm. and then to talk with them about how you balance the privacy issues. Mm-hmm. Right? Remember, we had already been through the Privacy Act in 1974, Mm -hmm. and then we had been through the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act in 1978, so Mm -hmm. privacy was already starting to be a big thing, not like it is today, Mm -hmm. but it was on people's minds. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of how I got into this, was Mm -hmm. surreptitiously, it kind of came along and surprised me. Mm -hmm. I love it. You know, and I mentioned that privacy has been an issue since forever. Um, you know, and, and it was interesting because I didn't really think about it like that until I was reading your book and realizing things like, um, you know, England, obviously, you know, that, that was a big issue. And there's so many things that actually pertain to privacy, taxation. Um, pertains to privacy. Um, you know, the Constitution and the, and the Bill of Rights clearly have, have you know, things. Uh, but, I, but I love that the word privacy is not there. You point that out. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Um, you know, and it's clearly what it's discussing. Um, but, you know, like one of the things that, that it says in there is that they can't put troops in our homes. Um, you know, and, and at that point in time when that was written, that was very important might happen again. I mean, you never know. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, things like that freedom of religion is really a privacy issue. Um, you know, and, and, and I mean, that clearly has been something that has been around for, you know, centuries because, you know, various churches were in and out of favor with the Kings, the Queens, um, you know, thing, you know, people like that. And, and so that was, what was very interesting was really realizing, Hey, this isn't just something that we've been talking about in the last 20 years. Privacy issues have been around forever. That's exactly it. And, you know, with my background as a mathematician, whatever political or sociological cocktail party discussion I come to, mm-hmm. I always have to say, you know, I'm really not an expert in this field, whatever we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm just a mathematician, so I don't really understand it. Could you please explain that mm-hmm. to me? Because mm-hmm. it doesn't appear to be logical. Right. Now, a lot of times it's not logical. Oh, yeah, because it's politics. Right. It's politics. <laughs> mm-hmm. The point is, this was my personal curiosity mm-hmm. about, about privacy mm-hmm. and how we got here. That's mm-hmm. what the book was really about. Right. Leslie teaching herself where this idea came from mm-hmm. and how we got to this point mm-hmm. and then what we should be thinking about as we look out towards the future. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and the interesting thing, we were kind of talking about this a little bit before the program started, your book came out this year, but it came out before the pandemic, which is it just totally thrown a whole bunch of new privacy issues um, into, into the discussion. And, you know, so it's, it, it, I think one of the biggest things is it's an ever evolving process, um, especially because of technology. You know, one of the things that, that was interesting, you talk a lot in your book about the various legislation and laws and things like that, and it takes forever. You know, it seems like forever 
for, for some of these things to happen. And now technology moves so fast that they might legislate something that doesn't even, ex- you know, it, it's like, oh yeah, whatever. We stopped doing that. Um, you know, and, and, and they've gone three or four steps further into it, um, you know, and, and so that was that, that it really is, you know, like I said, it's just such a fascinating subject. So I, I think there's a quote in there somewhere that says basically technology moves something a technologist said technology moves something like nine times faster than the law. Mm-hmm. Right. Or another person, I think it was Milton Friedman, said, "Well, the law lags behind by about twenty or 30. twenty years." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Now maybe that will be accelerated in this mm-hmm. technological era. Who mm-hmm. knows? But I'm not seeing it yet. No. You know and. And and there's a reason for that, and and you point this out in your book, in that legislators, powers that be, whoever it is, they don't want to rush in to making decisions. You know, part of it is they need to see how it's going to affect people, all of these various things. Because if you start kind of willy nilly making these decisions, it's just going to get totally muddy. But you know, like we said, things are moving so quickly that it, you know it's it really complicates this process, right? And I think you know, in sort of a very uh, glib way, Congress people, whether they're congressmen or senators, mm-hmm. especially congressmen or congresswomen, mm-hmm. are always running for reelection, right? Mm-hmm. So in order for a law to be successful, mm-hmm. you have to have the support of the constituents. Mm-hmm. Right. right. If if their constituents are all over the map in their opinions, it's really hard for them to craft mm-hmm. a law that's going to be popular with the mm-hmm. people that are going to be voting for them. Right. Right. Because, as you said, they, we have to be honest about this. They want to be reelected. So, you know, if all their constituents are for A, but they really think B would be better, you know, they're kind of stuck. Right. Plus you have the big business interests Mm -hmm. and then the little hometown mayor, the individual, Mm -hmm. the farmer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. I spent several years in Colorado as a lobbyist. And, you know, that was one of those processes. I told people, I said, it's kind of like sausage. You like sausage? But when you see how it's made, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> but it, it really was a combination of so many things. And, you know, and, and then, of course, here in the United States, we, we have the other issue of the very populous areas that end up kind of controlling everything, which, I mean, you know, that's just sheer numbers. But, you know, how do you rationalize that to the, the other parts of the, the country? Exactly. So I'm, I'm glad I'm not a congressperson. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. For a variety of reasons, you, you couldn't pay me to do it. <laughs> so, but cool. Well, let's talk about privacy. You know, one of the things that, that I you know, always want to talk about is how this affects people and their businesses. And so let's kind of talk about this a, a little bit. You know, one of the things that, that I was thinking about initially was in the job search. You know, especially now with technology, it, privacy and 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 it's funny. You know, maybe actually, I'm going to step back. We're gonna we're gonna you know do this. Uh, we're gonna go back to what really is the issue here, okay. and that is I kind of mentioned the internet, technology, all of those things because those are actually going to play into every single thing that that we're going to discuss. And so you have a term for it, and I love it. I wrote it in all caps called privacy pirates. So tell us a little bit about that, because it really is going to flow into everything else we talk about. So the privacy pirates are all those big internet giants, all those people out there that are collecting information about the individual, Mm -hmm. combining it with other information, they beg, borrow, steal, buy, whatever, Mm -hmm. put it into their algorithms, do what they like with it, and then to some people's opinion, actually use it to control your behavior in the right. future to persuade you to buy mm-hmm. more products. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. So we're primarily talking about consumer information, mm-hmm. but right. it can be other things. Right. 
You know, and we've been doing, you know, as a marketing person, we've been doing that forever. You know, right around Christmas, you run lots of commercials about new toys to try and convince kids to, mommy, mommy, I want that. Um, you know, and, and so you're trying to direct consumer behavior. We've been doing that for years. I'm sure, you know, Ugg was going around saying, buy, buy, you know. <laughs> and, um, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, you, you're looking at consumer behavior as a marketing person, I always, you know, we talk to people about find your niche, you know, who, who is your target market, Mm -hmm. all of these various things. But of course now that information can, you know, it it was, for example, I used to buy mailing lists and we would buy a mailing list that had say 30,000 names on it and it got an entire area. Now you can buy, you know, advertising on say Facebook, Google, wherever that can get down to minute, minute demographics. So you're not wasting your money on the people who really wouldn't care. So that seems like a good thing, but it also means there's a heck of a lot of your personal information that's out there. Right. And so you're right. It's the technology that has kind of changed the game for Mm -hmm. us, right? Right. I started doing my research and I realized that first real privacy law we had in this country was actually in 1970, hmm. with the Fair Credit Reporting Act. Okay. Right? That was all about the credit bureaus, mm-hmm. right? Because right? everybody was, was issuing, they started, people started issuing credit cards mm-hmm. in the 1950s, and then the credit bureaus sprang up. Mm-hmm. And then they saw all this really cool computer technology that had right. come out of World War II. Mm-hmm was something they could buy mm-hmm. and catalog this information mm-hmm. and share this information and sell this information. Right. And so during the 1960s, the late 60s, fi- finally Congress kind of came along and said, now wait a minute, you can't be ah, We're not sure that all needs out there. Mm-hmm. Right? So the first privacy law was really the Fair Credit Reporting mm-hmm. Act, the FICRA. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, you know, interesting about that mm-hmm. is it wasn't all that much time before they successfully passed that to start protecting consumers. Right. And that kind of illustrates the fact that in the United States, we, up until now at least, have not had any blanket mm-hmm. privacy laws. Right. We have what the lawyers like to call sectoral laws. We pick certain sectors. Mm-hmm. Right. We protect privacy in those sectors. And so I mentioned religion. Mm-hmm. Right. So I talk about credit reporting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking earlier about HIPAA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't spend a lot of time talking about it in the book, but there's the Children's Online Privacy Protection mm-hmm. Act that right. came along. So individually, there are certain sectors where your privacy is protected, but there is no generic privacy mm-hmm. law. Right. that kind of governs how these um, sales mm-hmm. information is going to be used or reused or stored or protected. Right, right. You know, and a big part of that is it's hard to define what privacy even means and, and where that line is. Um, you know, and, and you talk about this in your book that you know, there's, there's privacy with the government and then there's privacy with private corporations, you know, and, and that's what we've been talking about, you know, here just now. But, you know, where does the government's right to know some of this information end and your privacy? And, you know, this is this is a debate that's never going to end. And, you know, that's and, and obviously many people have many personal personal um, thoughts about it. But, you know, then it does get into, OK, does a business have the right to know how much I earn per year? or what my taxes were, or how many kids, dogs, cats I have. You know, and again, it goes back and forth between, but it makes it really simpler when they've targeted their advertising or their flyer or their whatever, and less expensive. You know, I didn't waste my money sending my flyer, my whatever, to people who weren't going to care about it. But again, there's all that information that somebody has about me, then I'm like, well, wait a minute, I'm not too sure about this. Exactly, exactly. So that's where we are in the debate mm-hmm. now, is right. what are we going to do about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, you know, so, so now we'll go back to talking about, you know, say in the, in the job search, 
So you've got somebody, and it's it's interesting. I just had a big discussion about this earlier this week. We were talking about personal branding and how, you know, we are our brand. What are we putting out there? If you Google yourself, what do you find? You know, all of these various things. And, you know, one of the things that, that we were talking about was that everything is out there, you know, and, and so especially in a job search, in many cases, I tell people your first interview is somebody has Googled you, that HR director, that manager, that, that you know, maybe you're wanting a business partner, you know, whatever. They have Googled you to find out what they can find about you. And so, you know, there's, there's all sorts of privacy issues that pertain to that. You know, are you discovering when you're looking for some, you know, through somebody's whatever, maybe their pictures on Facebook, what their religion is? Okay, well, you can't discriminate. You're obviously going to discover pretty closely what their age might be. Clearly, you're going to know, well, I shouldn't say clearly because sometimes there are some questions, but what your ethnicity might be. I mean, so many things can be found out even (coughs) on a LinkedIn profile. You know, you're going to go back and you're going to look and say, oh, okay, well, they graduated from college in X, so that's going to put them at about X age. Um, You're looking at a picture of somebody. You know, all these things. So that's where privacy really can can get sticky. As a matter of fact, technology is driving it even farther now. Mm -hmm. I was at a conference last week called the Serious Play Conference, which is all about using games to to learn serious Mm -hmm. skills. Right. Right. So for little kids, they play Minecraft. Right. Right. They just think it's fun, mm-hmm. but it teaches them about following the rules, mm-hmm. being nice, mm-hmm. showing empathy, mm-hmm. helping other people, all those good things, mm-hmm. right? There are similar serious games for middle school students, mm-hmm. high school, college, medical school, mm-hmm. for military folks, pilots. Mm-hmm. On and on. So the point is, when I was at this conference last week, somebody had done a market survey, and they said the biggest growth area for serious games is for evaluating prospective employees. Mm-hmm. Right. right. So you have them come in and participate in a game, and you collect a lot of information. Mm-hmm. And it's to the point now with these games, it can be biometric information. Right. Right. You have to say yes, of course, but the question mm-hmm. is, do you want the job? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So then that raises all sorts of questions mm-hmm. about, okay, so now you have that data. What are you going to do with mm-hmm. it? Are you going to give it to anybody else? Are mm-hmm. you going to protect it? Are right. you going to throw it away? Are you going to decide you don't want to hire them because of it? That's exactly. the biggie. So we will be reading more about this mm-hmm. in the future, I predict. Right. And I, I, you know, we do, I don't want to be a legislator. I also don't want to be an HR person because oh. it's, I mean, it's, it's a challenge. Um, you know, I work with people a lot in job search. So that's kind of why this is, is something that, that I think about a lot. And I was working with this young woman one time, delightful young woman, extremely knowledgeable. Her LinkedIn profile was impeccable. You know, she was smart, she had good grades, she had good recommendations, all of the things that you're really supposed to have on LinkedIn. And she's getting zero calls, nothing, nothing is happening. And so I finally Googled her (laughs) and found her Facebook page, which she had set wide open. And we're going to talk about that too. <laughs> but she had, there were no filters on her Facebook page. Now, she still, you know, my, it, it was, it, there was nothing there that would have been objectionable as in, say, drug use or anything like that. I mean, there was nothing there. But she's getting ready to get married. And so she's gushing about it. And it was so sweet. She's gushing about getting married. But she's talking about how when she gets married, they will be moving to where her fiancé had a new job. And so, of course, anybody who saw that on LinkedIn is going, well, or, you know, for a job app, they're like, well, we don't even want to bring her in for an interview. Exactly. Um, and so, you know, it, it is, it's, you know, what, what can you see? And especially if people have, say, as, as I was saying, their, their privacy settings wide open on Facebook. 
Um, you know, it wasn't that they had done anything at all that was underhanded aside from go look at her on Facebook. Um, you know, and, and but she had just posted things. And then, of course, there are the people who post things in a variety of places that they really shouldn't. Um, you know, I've seen people who have done posts like, you know, hey, I left my last job and I walked out the door stealing a bunch of stuff. Ha, ha, ha. You know, and I mean, and they're thinking, why am I not getting interviews? Um, you know, and, and, and all sorts of things. But that's that's one of the biggies. People have got to understand if you have put it out, and and even if you have your privacy filter set, somebody can still do a screenshot. I mean, there are ways around all of this. And so I always tell people, if you don't want your mother, your rabbi, your spouse, your potential employer to see it, don't put it online. Exactly. I completely agree with you there. I don't have a Facebook account. Right. Now your husband does, and that's actually how we know each other. And 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 he's a delight. We love him. Um, but but he uses it partially as a business tool. I mean, you know, and, and that's how he's he's making connections and, and things like that. That's that's me too. Now I you know, I love Facebook, I like playing on it, you know, all those various things, but it is, it's very tricky. And, and um, you know, I know that there are HR people or there, there are companies that will go through and do kind of the research. So they'll have scrubbed out anything that pertains to religion, age, ethnicity, all those things that the, the, the lovely HR people are not allowed to ask during interviews. Um, but, you know, they're finding it. And, you know, and, and so it's, it's just, it's, I'm really glad I have my own business, but I know that potential clients and potential business partners are looking things up. I mean, they should be. They, they should be. It's a source of information and voluntarily put it out. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. I mean, it's just like if I put a billboard up and say, you know, Hey, this is, is what's going on. But you know, it, it does make things very difficult during a job search. Um, but then, you know, you've got these other things where you've actually hired that person. And now you have privacy things, you know, in, in an office is, you know, is, is what they put on their computer, which belongs to the company who owns it. Can the company look? You so know, I think the general mood seems to be that if it's a company asset, the company has right. the do that. Right. And we're going to do a disclaimer here. (laughs) A lot of these are legal questions. Neither of us are attorneys. Always, always, always check with your attorney, Um, especially in hiring things or if you're thinking, gee, I can look on somebody's computer, all of those various things. Um, You know, and, and, but then we toss in, say the last three months where people are working at home. That's really changed stuff. Um, you know, I, I was talking with someone and this is, well, I guess it'd be kind of a privacy thing. She was doing a Zoom call with her teammates every day. That was great. Worked out perfect. They were loving it. But somebody started talking about the things that were behind her. And, and you know, like I can see books. I can see all sorts of things behind you. I actually have a screen up because people told me what I have back there. It's nice. It's professional. There's nothing bad. But it was distracting um, because I have sayings and pictures and, and things like that. But they started, her home office was in her bedroom. And so they started talking about her bedspread and, you know, other things. And, and you know, and, and she just felt, she felt almost like she'd been invaded. Um, now it was good comments. It wasn't, oh my God, you never make your bed. But so she, she did the simple thing. She bought a screen. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, this working from home changes privacy completely. Well, I think the interesting thing about that, I have been teaching online. I Mm -hmm. I teach, you know, uh, secondary school kids. I do a lot of SAT and AP. Okay. Okay. In math and physics and English, Mm -hmm. I have to, Mm -hmm. um, and so one of the things the company I work for did was before we ever went online, which, by the way, we were not ready for prime time when the pandemic arrived. Mm-hmm. In well, so many of, ways. Mm-hmm. One of the things we did was we basically had several team meetings online mm-hmm. with the application and mm-hmm. looking at background. Mm-hmm. And we had long discussions about background, hire. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, like, you're representing your company. You know, right. the unmade bed might not be what the company wants back there. Right. So I think, you know, we all know that it's inappropriate. We weren't thinking about it at right. the time. 
mm-hmm. right? Because you didn't realize by doing mm-hmm. a Zoom meeting or whatever, you're, you're basically invi- inviting a person into your home. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And we've, we've seen some funny things with that, right? You know, I, one of the ones I saw several weeks ago, elementary school child was online with, with her classmates and it was class. She was having class online and mom goes strolling behind. Mom does not have a stitch of clothes on. Oh. Not a stitch. And of course she gets there and everybody on screen goes, Wee! So what does she do? She stops to see why. <laughs> and so they all got a biology lesson that they really didn't want. But, you know, it, it, it does, you know, there, there is, you know, what, what are people seeing when you're Zooming? And, you know, and, and, and then, of course, there's the technology. I mean, we've all recently seen um, that, you know, and, and, you know, let's, let's, I think probably the, the, the easiest thing is to always assume any technology can be hacked. Um, you know, and, and, and we saw that with some zoom meetings where people hacked in and participated, I'm thinking, okay, whatever. Um, but I mean, you know, if it's a company meeting, you don't want maybe your competitor hacking in and, and doing things like that. And, and so that's a privacy thing. Um, you know, as you said, we weren't ready for this, so we didn't have VPNs. I still don't. I mean, you know, I'm just on my regular Wi-Fi. Um, am I doing anything that, that is, you know, I don't want the world to see. Well, Hello, the world's going to see this. Um, but, you know, we, it, there are so many companies now that are having to adapt to that and provide things to their employees so that they can have privacy to protect the company. Exactly. And all of us in our homes, we've upgraded systems. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, for example, in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area, Bandwidth becomes very constrained about right. four or five o'clock in the afternoon ah, for some mm-hmm. reason, right? So mm-hmm. if you're if you're teaching, in mm-hmm. which case you have a bandwidth hog for mm-hmm. an application, right? Right. You've got three students you're teaching. They're all set up in different rooms, mm-hmm. right? You're flipping between rooms. Mm-hmm. There's maybe eight teachers operating. So now mm-hmm. you have potentially twenty four rooms, wow. right? Bandwidth hogs, things mm-hmm. crashed and burned, mm-hmm. right? For the, for the first month and a half or so, mm-hmm. it was very unstable right. until the systems, even the commercial systems, right, mm-hmm. adapted to the additional bandwidth load right. and did whatever upgrades they need to. Mm-hmm. We did target shooting in our own house and said, oh, we really need a signal booster here. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. So we're all adapting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is good. Because, you know, now we can all watch movies at the same time, <laughs> you know, all of those things. But, you know, it's, it, there. It, our homes really are a bizarre place for privacy. Um, you know, when you sent me the book, I got this little thing with it. And it took me a while to figure out what the little thing was. And then it finally dawned on me. It's to cover my camera. Yes. Right? Yay! I figured it out. Um, and, you know, and, and I'm I'm always sitting here thinking, okay, well, if somebody wants to watch me, it's not like they're going to see me doing anything. But what if they see, say, my checkbook, uh, you know, and, and things like that, you know, so it's, but, um, you know, and, and, and then one of my favorite things, since you're not on Facebook, you wouldn't have seen this, but one of the ones that, that I like is, is, you know, the, the, the little meme that was talking about, you know, I was telling my, my husband, I was concerned about privacy. He laughed. I laughed. Alexa laughed. every once in a while my computer which has one of the voice activated something or others will just start talking to me and i'm thinking okay and but you know from a from a serious perspective we all get concerned about that you know we're because we're thinking okay i was talking to somebody about going on vacation too and all of a sudden i'm getting ads about that did my phone listen to me did my computer listen to me did alexa listen to me Maybe, maybe well, not. I, I actually have a funny story to tell about that. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not exceptionally flattering, but it's it's very genuine. When we first started teaching online, and mm-hmm. we were having a team meeting, and the system was very unstable. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I used some very bad words one day. Uh oh. <laughs> and apparently, somebody else heard me because I've been hearing about it now. Oh no. So I learned my lesson. Mm-hmm. Right. But at the same point, you weren't expecting that someone was listening. I was um, not 
expecting. You know, and, and, and that's where it gets scary. You know, say I do a search on my computer for a product, face masks. That's been one of the things I've been looking a lot at. And then I go into Facebook and I get ad, 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 ad. Now, did it make life easier? Well, yeah, maybe. But at the same point, it's annoying because I knew that it paid attention to what I was looking for. And somewhere in those tiny little privacy things, I'm sure I gave it permission to do that. And that's the thing. We never, ever, ever, ever read those little privacy things. <laughs> you know, we checked that little box that said, yes, I read it. Um, and so folks, go back, read those privacy things. They're, they're good for you. Um, there's, there's ongoing debates about the privacy notices. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very interesting discussion right now. So what we're seeing, of course, in the United States is we're starting to see states mm. have privacy laws. So interesting. For example, mm-hmm. California has already passed mm-hmm. a Consumer Privacy mm-hmm. Act, right, which is in effect, right? And you know how California is, right? right. California, they usually set the bar higher when it comes mm-hmm. to notices about the fact that this bath soap may give you cancer. Or <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> need to be better in this mm-hmm. car or whatever it is, mm-hmm. right? So that's kind of their perspective. And so in Washington here, I'm sure Congress is kind of looking at that and saying, okay, we're starting to see a trend, right? States are starting to move out on this. And I think there's about nine other states mm-hmm. that have already been discussing right. privacy legislation. Mm-hmm. We haven't gotten there yet. There are different aspects of privacy. They're not all identical. Right. Right. That'd be too easy. (laughs) But, of course, if you are, for example, when you talk about being a lobbyist, if you are a lobbyist for a company, would you prefer to have one federal privacy law or 50 individual state laws with which to comply? I'm pretty sure I know what the One. One. Mm -hmm. I want one. (laughs) No, I'm sure the lobbyists are all lining up to see their representatives Mm -hmm. And say, you know, we really need a privacy law. We can't let this keep going like this. Right. Well, on the other hand, even before California had moved Mm -hmm. out, the Europeans moved out before Mm -hmm. that with their general data privacy Mm -hmm. regulation, which is now in effect. Mm -hmm. Right. And so they are very big on privacy for all their citizens. Mm -hmm. And that is a regulation law, whatever you want to call it, that U.S. companies have to comply with when they do business with Europeans. Mm-hmm. Right. Isn't that, they were the first ones that did the one, and I might be wrong on this, but for websites. So now we have to say, hey, we might collect cookies and, and all of those right. various things. So when the GDPR, that's what they call it, when it went into effect, mm-hmm. that's when we started getting all these privacy notices mm-hmm. Right. If you might be doing business with them. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's very interesting to see that Washington is being squeezed Mm -hmm. from the east side of the Atlantic by the EU Mm -hmm. and from the west by California. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the tech industry. Mm -hmm. They're going to have to respond. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And then, of course, we have people who say there's too many laws already. Well, they're not wrong. <laughs> I agree. But on the other hand, and, and I, I talk about this in the book, too, there's a difference between East Coast law, right, mm-hmm. Congress passes, mm-hmm. and West Coast law, mm-hmm. which is basically what the algorithms mm-hmm. allow these Internet giants to do with your right. data. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah, because Google, I mean, Google's the big guy. Let's just, you know, and then Amazon, you know, they're, they're all out there. You know, it's, and it's funny, you didn't mention Amazon in your book, but I was thinking about it as, as, you know, as one of the privacy pirates. Now I love Amazon, love Amazon um, for a variety of reasons, but you know, when it does the, since you liked X product, and then it shows you several more, there are times where that is annoying. There are times where it's like, oh, okay. But sometimes it's, now I'm done. I don't need that anymore. Um, But, you know, again, did it make my life easier? Or was it an invasion of privacy? Both. And that's the tricky part. 
That is the tricky part. And I agree with you that Amazon is is one of the privacy pirates. Now, I personally love Amazon. I know. Where would we be without them? They send me lots and lots of old, dusty editions, first editions of books that I read. I know. I hadn't realized they bought ABE books. This is a totally different thing. <laughs> My husband collects. I love Amazon, but Mm -hmm. I'm kind of amused when I, you know, once read, you know, I I once expressed an interest in a 16th century navigator, explorer, and all of a sudden I'm being suggested books having to do with navigation. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, to their point you might actually go, oh, wow, that does look interesting. I mean, I've done that more than once where I bought something or thought I wasn't especially enamored with the first whatever it was I was looking at. So it's great that it's suggesting me alternatives. I agree with you there, but I do sort of think about it when Mm -hmm. I see these things happen and say, wow, I wonder where we're at here. Now, you probably know as a business person, that it was Google that came up with the idea mm-hmm. of embedding ads. Right. right. That was their the way that they made... That's the, how they got rich. Yes, that's how they got rich. That's what made the business viable, mm-hmm. was that realization. And it was a remarkable realization in its time, mm-hmm. right? Right. So, But it's come a long way mm-hmm. since then. Right. Yeah, you know, and 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 again, you know, it 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 is that does it make life easier? Does it save us money? Is it an invasion of privacy? And it really is all of that, you know. And and so that's where we have to figure out what we're going to do, um, you know. And and then then we've got the other big privacy pirate. And you mentioned it. You don't have an account. I love Facebook, um, but but it's funny because one of the things that I've been known to tell people is. You know, I put most, now I I try not to be TMI or anything like that, but I do put quite a bit of things out there because, and, and, you know, I will say this and, and I said, you know, privacy doesn't exist. Well, of course it does. And I really need to be concerned about it for a variety of reasons. Um, You know, we shouldn't be posting, Hey, I'm on vacation. Okay. I do. Um, But, you know, because somebody might see that, Um, you know, there's there's all sorts of things that we shouldn't be posting that we do, uh, but but it's interesting now you know right now in this this time frame that people are wanting Facebook there's a you know to to say that post is unacceptable you know and 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 they happen to be political posts and so it's it's this is a politically driven type of thing but you know is it. Facebook's responsibility to police the posts, to say, is this true? Is this not? I mean, all those various things. Aren't we adults? Shouldn't we be able to figure that out on our own? So so there's a a big debate heating up on this very subject, Mm -hmm. and you'll see it referenced as Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, which Mm -hmm. I think I mentioned in my book, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but have since learned a lot more about it. Which basically says that any company like Facebook or anybody, if a third party comes along and posts anything on that site, mm-hmm. that the company is not, it cannot be liable for it. Right, right. right. It's not now, their responsibility to police it. Right. So, so this is very different than, for example, the uh, periodical or the newspaper right. model. Mm-hmm. Right, where I can say, if I were to say something libelous about mm-hmm. something in a newspaper, right. we could sue the, the, the paper. Right. Mm-hmm. And so this debate is heating up right mm-hmm. now uh, between the president and Congress, mm-hmm. and Facebook's trying to walk that, that very careful line mm-hmm. in between because what is the thing that Facebook wants least? More adult supervision from the right. adult government. Mm-hmm. Right. They have already had problems Mm -hmm. with the Consumer Privacy Advocates Mm -hmm. at the Federal Trade Commission. They have already uh, been through the ringer with the EU. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're trying to walk that careful line. Right. And then there's that other little thing where their major, some of their, or many of their major advertisers disagree with their stance and so they've pulled their ad money 
which is, of course, their right to do. Um, you know, and, and so that's, but, but yeah, it, that's one of those things, you know, it's like, but, but, you know, how many times do we say, well, you know, I saw it on Facebook, so it must be true. Um, you know, and, and it's, I'm at the point where if it's on Facebook, (laughs) more than likely, I'm not going to believe it. Now I do look at the source. I mean, you know, if it's, if it's a reputable media, if, you know, all these various things, but, um, I remember many years ago, we were going through Roswell, New Mexico. And of course, you know, Area 51, Little Green Men. And there is, of course, the, the alien museum there, which we had to stop at. Um, and and it, it's an old uh, movie theater. And so where the movie posters used to be, they had newspapers and, and, and so the, the headlines. And so, you know, this was, this was like New York Times or Washington Post or some very reputable uh, newspaper, it said something about, you know, aliens landed in Area 54, 51, 52, wherever they are. Um, And I remember standing there and there were a a group of elderly women and they went, wow, it must be true. It was in the newspaper. (laughs) And I had to like slink off because I didn't want to laugh. But that comes back to, you know, it's exactly what you're saying. That's the problem. We see it in print, in, in wherever, and we believe it. So if we see it on Facebook, on, you know, Twitter, on wherever, and we're not doing our own due diligence. I mean, I think that's the, the key is we have to, to kind of, but we don't. I mean, who has time to? So I actually write a STEM blog. Mm. For, uh, it's, it's meant for students and their teachers mm-hmm. and their parents, mm-hmm. right? them a little bit about you know the different aspects of science and technology mm-hmm. and one week I did a stem blog on just this is how you teach kids to be discerning media mm-hmm. consumers mm-hmm. and I always learn a lot when I write these oh yeah mm-hmm. right so to sit down and say well if you really wanted a pretty authoritative source Reuters is pretty good mm-hmm. Washington Post is left leaning. Mm-hmm. Wall Street Journal is right leaning. Mm-hmm. Right, you have to explain this to right. kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and and CNN, Fox. I mean, all those various things. And so it's 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 okay to still get your information there, but just realize there might be a bias. Um, which you know, as we say that. We hear Walter Cronkite rolling over in his grave, right? (laughs) Um, But, and, and, and a big part of that is exactly what we're saying with things moving so quickly. You know, they want to get the story right. They don't have enough time. They have, you know, they've got all these competitors, which range from the other major media outlets to the little blogger guy on the corner. Um, You know, all these various things. And and so it, it gets very tricky to get that right information. But I don't know that expecting Facebook to police it for us is the right way to go with this. You know, and, and I mean, that's, it's going to be an interesting thing to see what happens with it. I always encourage people to read lots of sources. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you're in Washington, you have to at least look at the front page of the mm-hmm. Washington Post because right. otherwise you're going to be clueless when you get to work. Mm-hmm. Right, right. It doesn't mean I have to agree with it. No. Right. But I also encourage people to read uh, sources from abroad. Mm -hmm. Right. Because, oh, yeah. BBC, you know, um, is it Al Jazeera? Um, You know, and and again, you know, they're probably going to have their own biases, but that's it's just it's another source. So couldn't agree more. You know, and then there's the other, the other side. Um, I have a, it, w- it was interesting, you know, when, when I was looking at this and, and then with current events, especially, I have a friend who is a school teacher right now in China. And, you know, she has told me all your emails probably aren't going to get to me. I'm like, what? Huh? Um, and she can't have Facebook, you know, all the, and people are like, what do you mean they can't have Facebook? Oh, China does not allow Facebook. And that technology is above my head. I don't understand it, but they don't have Facebook. Um, she has told me that if I ever send her an email that has, you know, maybe our president's name in it, she's not going to get that email. And they just, as in yesterday, I believe, started the national security law pertaining specifically to Hong Kong. And, and they are arresting people. So this is, you know, I promise there's, we're going to bring it back here, folks. Um, they're arresting people 
who were having things like, say, a flag that says uh, free Hong Kong, independent Hong Kong, um, you know, and that's, that's totally, uh, you know, that, that is so foreign to us here in the United States. But, you know, that's, that's just what happens. So I do try to put a little bit of that perspective in the book and the very last chapter, mm -hmm. which I reread this morning. Um, they have such a thing in China as a social credit score. I saw that. Okay, so it's like, mm -hmm. it's like a credit score, mm -hmm. right? But it actually has to do with other things mm -hmm. like whether you're divorced, mm -hmm. uh, whether you play too many video games. Mm -hmm what kind of a company you work for, right. whether you were drinking beer last week with your, I mean, all sorts of things that are very personal things, but people are actually starting to post these social credit mm -hmm. scores on dating sites, mm -hmm. which is even more bizarre to my brain. Right. And eventually there's thought that the government will start using these social mm -hmm. credit scores mm -hmm. to decide what privileges or what travel right. or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. But you know, we did that here. We still do that here. I mean, there was a website several years ago, and it has, has gone by the wayside, but it was called Clout. And it was what your social media clout was. You know, and, and so it looked at how many friends you had, how many posts you like. I mean, you know, it, it really looked at, at everything. And then it, it was basically thinking, okay, this is an influencer. So, you know, maybe you post that you're traveling to New York and somebody in New York goes, ooh, we want her to stop by our restaurant because then she's going to post about it because she's got a really high clout score. A lot of people are going to pay attention to it. So then you get a free meal at whatever restaurant. Um, you know, and, and people just thought that was great. I had a clout score. I knew what my clout score was. But that's a huge thing with people. I mean, you know, how much data was, were they sorting through? And I found it interesting that that, that died. Um, and I'm not sure why. It just kind of poofed, went away. So I think kind of the antithesis of this is, and I try to bring this out in the last chapter of the book, is I talk about the European perspective on individual mm -hmm. rights mm -hmm. and how they are inherent human rights, mm -hmm. rights that can't be necessarily shared, given away, sold. Mm -hmm. You have rights. Right. And this actually goes back to a UN declaration mm. on rights, mm -hmm. individual rights from 1948. Now remember, 1948, that's right after World War II, mm -hmm. right? Where horrendous things happened mm -hmm. in Europe and in Russia, mm -hmm. to people's individual rights, mm -hmm. right? So right. you had no rights if you were a certain ethnicity or religion. So many people were persecuted, mm -hmm executed, uh, Stalin with his purges, mm -hmm. right? This is a very near and dear to the heart of Europeans. Mm -hmm. And it underlies this general data privacy regulation that I talk about. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I think Americans unfortunately take for granted, mm -hmm. right? We all kind of think, okay, so we had the American Revolution and now we got the Constitution and we're good. We've got right. all those rights. Yeah. We've got the Bill of Rights. Or we have no privacy, like I was saying. You're like, yeah, whatever. But you really shouldn't take those things for granted. Mm -hmm. right. right. Those rights were hard won. Mm -hmm. And we need to protect them mm -hmm. now. And that's what I talk about in the last chapter right. of the book, is how right. do we protect them? Mm -hmm. Right. And we need to be protecting them. Because, you know, it's, they, as you said, they were hard fought for. They're very important. You know, when we really stop and think about it, and, and realize and, you know, exactly what we're looking at, you know, with, with say, the right to, to you know, what, what you want your religion to be, you know, the, the right to, uh, you know, we, we mentioned uh, HIPAA, you know, so medical privacy, all of these various things. I mean, there's so many things that are actually in there for privacy that we really should be paying attention to this. Um, and, you know, we're, we've, we've only got a couple minutes left. Folks, we're going to go long. Hang in there. Um, and you know, just because it's, I, this is, is very important, especially with things that are going on now. And one of the things that I wrote down in my notes that for, the, for this is, you know, it's specifically because of the pandemic, one of the things that's coming out is what, what they call contact tracing. So I get sick. 
who did who was I in contact with the last two weeks? It's essentially what it is. So then we can tell those people, hey, danger, danger, you need to go into quarantine. And, you know, yes, that will help stop the spread. However, how much of that is a privacy issue? Um, and then I, I, it was just a day or two ago, they were saying one of the things they might do is take these fun little things right here, our little phones, and they'll just put a chip in it. That will, and, and there are people, of course, that already think this, and there are people who think that we are already chipped. Might be, might not be. I mean, you know, um, I'm, I'm not a conspiracy person, so I'm, I tend to think no. But, you know, it would be very easy for our phones to trace us. They trace us anyway. Um, you know, but right now, supposedly, we can turn that part off. And, and so they're saying, you know, if this pandemic really gets out of line, maybe what will happen is it will trace. It will say, you went to this grocery store, you went to this bar, you went to here. And then they can start merging all that data. I don't know that Americans are going to put up with that. I mean, that's just, it, but it, you know, it, if it keeps, it, it's, it's that old thing. If it keeps just one person from dying. So a thousand or, you know, whatever. So this is very much in line with the theme in my book Mm -hmm. where I talk about how the government has to always balance between national security concerns Mm -hmm. and individual rights. Right. right? I I spent a lot of time talking about it in the 20th century, Mm -hmm. which was just like a century designed to be described in my Mm -hmm. book. Practically. Right, right. Right. We had so many, we had two red scares, we had fears about anarchists and Bolsheviks and communists and Lenin. <laughs> right, on and on. And then after all that, we had, you know, we had Hitler, so we had mm-hmm. fascists, right? We go from one extreme to the other, but they're all bad guys, right? Mm-hmm. And then we get through all that, and now what do we have? We have we have the Cold War on top mm-hmm. of that, right? Mm -hmm. That had a huge impact on where the law and the government went, right? And if you sit down and read, for example, the church committee Mm -hmm. report, right? It talks in great detail. It's absolutely a fascinating read. Mm -hmm. Talks in great detail about the fact that the government, at least in this report, it says the government wasn't evil, they honestly thought that they should be concerned, right? Mm-hmm. There were restrictions right. on immigrants mm-hmm. because they thought it was sort of like letting the wrong element in mm-hmm. the country, right? right? They were Eastern Europeans, then they had already they were already sympathetic mm-hmm. to communist ideas, right. Marxist mm-hmm. ideas. Now, they might have actually been escaping that, but that was not the... (laughs) That is not the way J. Edgar Hoover saw it. No, no. Okay, there's a huge debate, and the book talks a great deal about this, right? The Federal Communications Mm -hmm. Act of 1934 and and sort of how it was kind of overlooked for a very long time in terms of privacy for telephones Mm -hmm. and telegraphy. Right. Right, overlooked until... 1968, pretty mm-hmm. much. Right. It took till 1967 mm-hmm. for the Supreme Court to step on, up and say, wait a minute, this isn't right. Mm-hmm. Right? right? That's a long time. Mm-hmm. Right? It took 40 years. Mm-hmm. So right. I think this is just another instantiation of that, mm-hmm. right? This is another debate between sort of our safety mm-hmm. and our individual rights. Right. And here in the United States, I mean, we do... We want our own rights, you know, we, we do tend to, to prioritize those more than, say, in China or in, in other countries. And, and you know, that's, that's neither good or bad. That's just the way, you know, the, the cultures are is maybe the, the best way to say it. Um, you know, in China, you just kind of expect that, okay, that's the way things are going to be. Um, you know, they're going to tell me I can't use Facebook. Here we'd be like, wait a minute, what do you mean you can't? Um, but it's, and it comes back to, it is an evolving that we just start figuring things out and we have things like a pandemic, um, you know, and, and I always like, you know, I'm, I'm, I like the people who say, you know, is all this going to go away in November? Okay. Yes. Some of it has been politicized. A great deal of it has been politicized, but the germ isn't going to go away 
on November 5th. <laughs> and, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's very interesting. And, you know, and, and, and back to like the contact tracing, I mean, you know, what if maybe, you know, you were somebody who was say having an affair <laughs> or, or just, you know, hanging out with people you shouldn't be hanging out with, you know, maybe, maybe you're supposed to be at work and you're not at work when, you know, all of a sudden you're like, <clears throat> you know, and, and, you know, Oh, cough, cough. I've, I've got Corona. And you know, and and the contact tracing out you, <laughs> shall we say? Uh, you know, again, where does public safety and and personal privacy? Where is that line? And and it's it's a personal decision for everybody. So I think you know, I am not the first person. Many wiser people than I have made the point that privacy is a fundamental value necessary for democracy. Yes. And like I told you when we started, I'm a patriot. Mm-hmm. I believe in our country. Mm-hmm. I believe in privacy. Mm-hmm. So the next time some young whippersnapper comes along and tells me privacy is a an outdated idea, that's when I say, fine, give me your phone and unlock it because right. I would like to read mm-hmm. all your text messages between right. you and your friends. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and you start your book by talking about a 13-year-old who, you know, breaks curfew and you check her phone, all those various things. I mean, yeah, we, we mentioned your husband. Would you want, you know, no privacy? Fine. Then you can read his text messages. You can read his emails, um, you know, and, and even though they're probably innocuous, you know, we might just be complaining about them. They didn't load that dishwasher again. <laughs> Whatever it is, there are just things that we don't want the whole world to know. Now, there's actually a provision in the European law, the GDPR, General Data Protection Regulation, mm-hmm. that is famously known as the right to be forgotten. Hmm. And so all the technologists, I know we've all speculated on whether this is really possible. But right. Can you, can you suspend, drop off? Let's, mm-hmm. let's suspend belief, okay? Mm-hmm. Or let's pretend it's like a UN aspirational goal, right? Mm-hmm. Something that would be really nice to have, but I don't know how we're going to get there, right? Mm-hmm. So would it really be possible if there was information out there about you as a mm-hmm. European that you didn't want to be out there? Right. Get it to be expunged from the record completely, irregardless of whether the person you originally gave it to has shared it with a hundred other people already. It would just poof. So it's a very interesting technology question and probably right. something I'll be looking at in the future. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, because there is, you know, as as I was saying, you know, with, with a job search, you know, you might think that you've got your privacy settings good, but somebody does a screenshot or, you know, something. And then, you know, there goes that wonderful job that you thought you had um, or your spouse or, you know, all these various things. Um, You know, it was, it was, and, 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 you know, what does the the company have the right to say? You know, we, I was mentioning that we were talking about this in a, in a group I was in earlier this week and and we were talking about, um, you know, the people who say it demonstrates, at some of the, the demonstrations have done some things that they really shouldn't be doing. And then in the story, it says, you know, Betty Boop employed by X because, you know, somebody looked them up on LinkedIn or whatever, and then darned if they didn't get fired. Um, you know, and, and there are some people who just think that's horrible and awful. And that's, that is, you know, but there are, you know, there are other people who said, but you know, they're representing that company and they represented that company poorly. You know, it's, and and that's where I tell people, that's where you need to get your attorney involved and you need to have HR policies that talk about social media, you know, because if you don't say you can't put that on Facebook, then they can, I mean, you know, all these various things. And so that's, you know, again, back to you and I don't play attorneys, talk, people need to talk to attorneys Um, and just, you know, that's, that's a little CYA. Exactly. So I'm I'm unsympathetic probably to people like that because I, I know that's kind of I think karma. <laughs> I was I worked for the government, mm-hmm. so it was very clear to me, mm-hmm. you know, what I was allowed to do and what I was not allowed to right. do. Right. Oh yeah. So but Oh my gosh. Well, we have gone over the hour. I do want to talk very quickly again about your book. It won a big award. So tell us what the award was. 
So this is something called the Paul de Canoy Award. Um, they especially liked my, and I'm going to, I'll read what they said so that I don't get it wrong. My new phrase, privacy pirates and scathing critique of social media companies deserves recognition. I love it. So that's what the award is about. It's about um, exposing absurd or unethical practices in academic institutions or media organizations. And if you want to read more about all that, you can always go to my website. Perfect. And where would that be? www.privacyppf.com. I love it. And there you will find your contact information and how to reach out to you. So again, that's privacyppf.com. Yes, indeed. Well, Dr. Gris, this has been absolutely fascinating. Like I said, if I didn't set a timer, we'd go way over, and we have gone five minutes over. So my apologies, but I think this is, it's, it is a fascinating subject and, and really ever-changing. And right now, it's like, holy schmoly, you know, it, you, you can't even keep up with everything that's going on, um, you know, and, and so it, I would love to chat with you again about this maybe once the pandemic has calmed down, because there's going to be some changes that will be made because oh, yeah. of this. And so it'll be interesting to talk to you about that, to, to see, you know, kind of what's, what's happened, all of those various things. I would love to do that. So Perfect. I look forward to it. I love it. Well, I am Deb Creer. I've really been having so much fun talking with Dr. Leslie Groose. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.